welcome back to It's an Inside Job podcast. I'm your host, Jason Lim. Now, this podcast is dedicated to helping you to help yourself and others to become more mentally and emotionally resilient so you can be better at bouncing back from life's inevitable setbacks. Now, on It's an Inside Job, we decode the science and stories of resilience into practical advice, skills, and strategies that you can use to impact your life and those around you. Now, with that said, let's slip into the stream. Well, welcome back, everybody. It is September, and for me, in my head, it's officially the end of summer and it is the beginning of fall. Yes, I know September 21st is the beginning of autumn, but in my head, August 31st was the last day of summer. I think for most of us, we've got back into the game. We're back at work and the kids are back at school or university, what have you. Well, this week I'm going to be flying solo as I like to do usually the first episode at the top of each month. But before we begin, I'd like just to do some house cleaning and to just update you a little bit. As you know, this has been a pet project of mine, this podcast, and we are moving into our nine month, and I'm really proud of that. I've had a lot of fascinating and interesting guesses that have added to this picture of resilience and the sense of well-being. But as part of that, you know, I've been building the plane as I've been flying, you know, learning to build podcasts and content and all that is a huge learning curve for myself, and it's a learning curve I'm enjoying climbing. But part of that is creating a subscription newsletter. Now, you can subscribe to this. I will include the links in the podcast notes. But the script, the subscription newsletter basically is it's free. It's just a, a weekly update that I'll send out every Wednesday as to the content of the latest pod, uh, episode with the content. But also I'll include an article. Now, the weekly newsletter, like the podcast, it will evolve and it will grow and it will become better and better as I think about more of the content I would like to add. But it's not to overburden you. It's just to update you as to what is coming up in the programming. I also want to send a big thank you out to all of those out there who have taken the time to send me feedback as to what they really like about the programming, how we can improve it, and some suggestions as to guess. And that has that 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 feedback, I, I feel it like it's becoming a sense of community and I really appreciate that. And what's really moving is the feedback I'm getting of how the content and the message and the interviews have helped a lot of people back from the edge, from the abyss. It's given them tools and stories and strategies and and, and motivation to find a way to move forward. And that has been very uh, fulfilling. So I just wanted to share that with you. So let's move the conversation on to this week's episode. This week's episode is going to be tied into the, the next two episodes. So episode 10, that's this week, episode 11 and 12. Now, This week, I'm going to be talking about the science of gratitude and diving into that. But I wanted to lead the month off with this particular episode and subject because next week, I'm going to be joined by a fascinating guest. Uh, Many in Norway may know her, Karina Holikim. Now, Karina was a free skier and a base jumper, and she did this over many years. But in 2006, her parachute didn't open over Lake Geneva. And she hit the ground at 100 kilometers an hour. And as you can guess, well, she fractured her body in 21 different places. And it took over 20 surgeries over a period of time 
to help put her back together. And part of her story, which is so interesting that I've had to break it up over two episodes, which will be 11 and 12, episodes 11 and 12, is that gratitude, the sense of gratitude, the practice of gratitude was a skill that helped in her recovery. Especially, you know, we can recover physically from a lot of things, but mentally, sometimes those scars and those injuries never leave. And so sometimes the idea of paying gratitude to something is sometimes kind of written off as just fanciful thinking. Well, that's why I wanted to spend this episode diving into the science of gratitude to understand it, to legitimize it in the fact that it is science-based and it does have real-world impact on us neurologically, psychologically, and physiologically. And so with that said, let's slip into the stream and understand and explore the science of gratitude. Not too long ago, I was sitting around the dinner table with my kids and my wife. As we usually do on a typical weekday evening, you know, dinner is when we have a chance to connect as a family. And it was just sitting there. Nothing special or extraordinary had happened that day. It was what you would define as a typical day. But there I was eating dinner and there was a natural pause in the conversation and I took a bite to eat. It's just then subtly the realization dawned on me that I only have a number of these dinners with my family, that they are finite. You know, my kids were just kids literally a few years ago, but now I have three teenagers sitting around the table with my wife. And it's only a few more short years before they are off in the big world on their own. And it's just myself and my wife sitting around this table. But I wasn't saddened by this fact. It it didn't feel a sense of melancholy. What I felt was a sense of gratitude. It settled over me and it brought me fully into the present. I was not thinking about the future or the past. I was in the here and now. You know, the the clinking of glass, the, the, the laughter and the stories being shared. At that moment, I was completely fully present. And it was that feeling of gratitude that was the vehicle that put me in the here and now. You know, gratitude is a complex emotions, but we can capture its essence by stating two words, two simple words, and that is thank you. It is an appreciation for what we have. It's, it's to feel a sense of gratitude requires us to bring our attention to the here and now, as I said. And so when we are present with our thoughts and our emotions, we can acknowledge and appreciate the things, the people, and the opportunities in our lives. So now I want to spend a little time understanding the underpinnings of what creates a sense of gratitude, the feeling of gratitude. So let's first step off by talking about memories. Let's start our discussion about memories. Now, I want you to take a moment and recall a memory, any memory. Perhaps it was something you did last weekend or something you did this summer vacation. Maybe it was a movie you recently saw on Netflix or one of these streaming services. Maybe you were out for a run or a walk and you were scared by a growling dog. But my question to you is, regardless of what you recall in your head right now, what do all these memories have in common? Well, first, our brains tend to store memories that have emotional significance. So 
most of the things that we recall will have some sort of emotional weight attached to it. Why does the brain do this? Well, anything that the brain deems as positive or negative or that is important, that has happened to us and it's tagged with emotion, it will become a memory. So let's take an example. If I asked you what you had for lunch last Tuesday, more than likely you would probably find it pretty difficult to recall specifically what you ate unless it was something that was emotionally salient. But on the other hand, if I asked you to tell me about your last vacation uh, before the pandemic, for example, or the last birthday party or the last great thing you did, I'm pretty confident you'll be able to remember it in quite a lot of detail. Life is defined in part by the significant events in our lives and by all the countless small events too. We are more easily to remember the big events because of their significance, because of their weight. However, unless we are cognizant, conscious of the smaller events, well, they tend to, they tend to fade into the mists of the past. But by applying the conscious use of gratitude, we can make those small events more emotionally salient. That means it increases the likelihood of our brain storing them as a memory. All right, let's talk about the second element. Now, something I've talked about quite often in previous episodes is the negativity bias. Evolution has hardwired our brains with critical survival programming. And a part of that programming is this tendency for our brains to know the negative before the positive. And as we talked about, this is dubbed the negativity bias. Now, this bias is evolutionary coded into our DNA. You know, it's to make us attentive to dangers and hazards and threats in our surrounding environment. Now, this coding is a definite benefit when it comes to long-term survival of our species. However, when it becomes disadvantageous is when our brains interpret perceived threats, and usually they show up as psychosocial threats in our day-to-day modern lives. And so when our brains take these perceived threats and interpret them as real threats, you know, many of us feel stressed and pressed by the demands and the velocity of our lives. It then becomes easier for us to fall into a reactive mindset where the negativity bias becomes the dominant filter through which we see the world. We filter the world. Now, conscious gratitude, on the other hand, is a countermeasure. It's an antidote to the negativity bias. When we consciously choose to change the filter to where we invest our attention. Now, gratitude itself means we can actually choose to focus on the good things in our lives, the positive things that have happened to us. And so all those small things that happen to us every day, those small little things that bring a smile to our face or bring a sense of well-being, if we pay conscious attention to it and we invest a little time to it, well, they become memories. Why? Because they become emotionally significant. Now, scientists conducted a study in 2008 to measure the brain activity of people who are actually thinking and feeling gratitude. What they found was, and I'm going to quote directly from the paper here, is that gratitude causes synchronized activation in multiple brain regions and lights up parts of the brain's reward pathways and the hypothalamus. In short, gratitude can boost neurotransmitter serotonin and activate the brainstem to produce dopamine. Now, dopamine is the neurotransmitter or the neuromodulator of anticipation. 
It's also the brain's pleasure chemical. Now, this neurotransmitter plays a critical role in how we think and plan. You know, it's actually the motivational fuel that helps us to focus, strive, and find interest in things. You know, we always feel healthier and happier when we actively dedicate our attention and our thoughts to the people, things, and opportunities we are grateful for. Now, thanks to the brain's plasticity, and plasticity is the ability for the brain to adapt and evolve based on our dominant way of thinking. So based on this plasticity, investing in gratitude can become our our default habit, our default way of thinking. Now, one effective way of paying gratitude is to adopt what's called a learner's mindset. Now, in an earlier episode, uh, I think it was season one, episode seven, I titled it Embracing the Struggle. I spoke extensively on this topic where every situation becomes a learning opportunity. You know, whether we succeed or achieve at something, then we can learn so we can duplicate and replicate it for the next time. If we fail or foul up or mess up, well, there's also a lesson to be learned from there so we can improve our game the next time around. And this is what a learner mindset is. Now, when we take the time to learn from events, we can tag that event with an emotional or tag it with emotional significance, give it emotional weight. Learning is associated with positive feelings such as growth, development, and confidence. And so when we think about how do I learn from this, how can I adapt, evolve, and what are the advantages of taking this away, taking this lesson away? Well, it makes it emotionally significant. All right, now now let's shift the conversation to the power of your thoughts, of our thoughts. Now, every thought we have, whether we are aware of it or not, well, it releases a recipe of chemicals, this, this chemical cocktail of hormones and neuromodulators and neurotransmitters. Now, for instance, when we feel joy or optimism, contribution, when we have a sense of meaning or any other uplifting emotion, what happens? Well, the stress hormone cortisol, it decreases and the brain produces more serotonin, which creates greater feelings of well-being. Well, when serotonin is streaming through us, we feel happy, calmer, less anxious, more focused and more emotionally stable. Now, Daniel Goleman, in his book, Focus, the Hidden Driver of Excellence, he talks about how the brain has a heightened prefrontal cortex. Now, this increased activity in turn results in enhanced mental functions such as creative thinking, cognitive flexibility, and even faster processing of information as we are trying to learn. So in addition to this, Positive emotions widen our attention span and it also changes our perceptions and it helps us to focus more on the we, the group, the family, the friends, the team, instead of always focusing on the me. Because when we're in a threat mindset, well, it's all about self-preservation. But even in a, in a chaotic situation, if we think about gratitude, about the things that we have, the things that we've attained and what we own and what we can appreciate, well, those positive feelings will override the negativity bias. So what does this mean? Well, what it means is when we consciously direct our attention to focus on what we appreciate in our day-to-day lives, well, it means we direct our prefrontal cortex 
or short, the PFC. Now, the PFC is the home of our higher thinking, our executive functions, such as judgment, decision-making, impulse control, our attention span, and how we reflect. Now, the PFC decides the amount of attention to pay based on the importance of how we feel about it, uh, feel about something. You know, the more we focus on negativity, well, the more the synapses and neurons in our brain will create supporting our negative thought processes. So that means pessimistic thoughts slow down our brain's function, which in turn impedes our ability to think and process information. On the other hand, gratitude focuses our attention on novel and new things. And so novelty in itself stimulates the production of dopamine and serotonin, and specifically dopamine, meaning it makes our brain more malleable to adapt, to learn, to evolve to the situation. Now, one major thing that gratitude does, and I find this fascinating, is that gratitude helps us to rebalance both sides of our prefrontal cortex, our PFC. So let me take a moment to clarify here. Evolution has wired our right side of our prefrontal cortex to elicit emotions such and behaviors associated with disengagements like caution or withdrawal or self-reflection and creativity. When we feel under pressure, under stress, or under some sort of perceived threat, well, the right side of our prefrontal cortex tends to become overactivated. But the act of gratitude, what happens there is that if the focused attention on all the good in our lives, what we appreciate, reactivates the left side of the prefrontal cortex. Now, the left PFC generates emotions and behaviors connected with engagement, with approach, such as striving or goal orientation, motivation, imagination, and and anger. This rebalancing the two sides of the prefrontal cortex shifts us from a mindset which feels imbalanced and puts us in an anxious state to a more balanced and a reflective one. Okay, let's take a moment just to stop up, rewind, and replay. So the two elements we're talking about here is the negativity bias, and we're talking about conscious or active gratitude. Now, the negativity bias, just as a short review, what it does when it's activated, it slows down our brain coordination, meaning there is an imbalance in the activation of our hemispheres, the right and left. And this makes it difficult for us to process thoughts or to find solutions. It also hinders creativity and imagination. And another thing is the negativity bias directly and immediately impacts our mood, our memory, and impulse control. Now, an antidote to the negativity bias is the active and conscious use of gratitude. And gratitude, in summation here, it increases our mental performance by improving cognition. It rebalances the activation of both hemispheres, so they're both firing at the same time, which means it it intensifies our ability to focus and attend on things in our environment. It also enhances our ability to think and analyze incoming data. Now, that incoming data is just sensory data, meaning what we see, what we hear, what we taste, to appreciate that, that, that piece of cake to appreciate the smile on our kid's face or the sleeping cat in the corner or a dog who's just sitting on the lap and loves us for, for, for whoever we are, right? 
It also enhances our ability to solve problems, to think outside the box, to to find solutions more quickly, to think more creatively and more innovatively. All right, enough about the science of gratitude. If you want, I mean, there's the whole internet there, the World Wide Web, the superhighway, if you want to understand more of the intricacies behind gratitude. But right now, let's talk about practicing gratitude. You know, actively engaging practice of gratitude, it forces us into what? The here and now, just like when I was sitting at that dinner table a few nights ago. You know, at this very moment, you know, as I'm recording this, I appreciate the fact that I can share my knowledge and my experience and my interest with you through the communication of my ideas through this podcast. But at the same time, I'm looking outside the windows of my studio and I see the leaves on the trees just gently blowing in the wind. I mean, it's not much, but it's something I appreciate, the sound and the rustling of leaves. Or I'm looking into the corner of my, uh, my studio and I see my cat just nestled in the corner sleeping quietly in such a peaceful, tranquil state. Well, none of this is super significant in your lives, nor is it significant in my day. But the idea of awakening myself to be present in the moment and to appreciate these small things can override that negativity bias. You know, none of these things may be super significant, but that's not the point. Focusing my thoughts on emotions on the things that I appreciate, well, as I said time and time again, it will counter the negativity bias. It will turn off anxiety which in turn equally activates my hemispheres. It rebalances, putting me more from a reactive to a reflective state where I can feel a greater sense of well-being. You know, in the end, gratitude is available to us at any moment. What it requires us to do is just choose to consciously choose where we want to place our finite and invaluable attention. Now, one of the practices that I may have talked about in an earlier episode is the practice of 324. And this is something I've incorporated in my day for the last year or so. What does that mean, 324? Well, 24 just relates to 24 hours of the day. And it's defined three unique things that have happened to you that day or three things that have just could have stood out to you that day and to be appreciative of it, to show gratitude towards it, to what? To assign emotional significance to those small things. But the key here is that it's three unique things. I mean, of course, you're going to be show gratitude to having a family, to having a husband, a wife, a job, your health, a fitness, your sport, your hobby, what have you. Those, I, I'm not talking about those things. What I'm saying is to practice gratitude is to find three unique things in your day. Because finding three unique things, it encourages you to pay attention to those small little things that happen to you throughout the day. Because if we don't, well, we we tend to be just on robot mode where we just go through the motions and all those small little things that could have significance for us pass under our mental awareness. They, They don't make it onto our mental radar. It took me about a month, four weeks of doing this daily. And on some days I missed it, but then I would just get back on the horse, learner's mindset, okay, what did you learn? How do you apply it for the next day? And I found over time, all those good little things, those those great little things that I would have ignored or wouldn't even registered, they started popping up. I started seeing them everywhere. 
So I encourage you, again, I speak from experience. It's really helped me to put my head in a good space, even when I'm under stress and pressure. Another way of implementing this is that when you're sitting around the dinner table with your family, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your friends, whatever, is to ask, what is one thing that stood out for you today? And why was that significant? Again, we create a conversation around this. I mean, there's many, many different permutations of this gratitude type of exercise or uh, conscious awareness. Find one that works for you and try to use it every day. I'd really like to hear uh, feedback from you guys of how this has worked for you. In this short episode, I haven't been able to talk about encompass the broad range of the science of gratitude but hopefully i've given some large brush strokes here I've, I've talked about some of the major or the governing details behind gratitude because as i said at the top of this episode i wanted to serve as a primer for the interview that's coming up with karina holikam next week in episodes 11 and 12 But if you have any questions, if you have any comments, please send them my way and I'll be happy to answer them to the best of my ability. If you wish to subscribe to the newsletter, well, you'll find the link in the show notes. Um, But as usual, if you could share, rate, and recommend this podcast to others you think it may benefit, that would go a long way for and helping me to spread the word. But again, I thank you for showing up this week as you do every week. But until next week, keep well. Keep strong, and we'll speak soon.